Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. We're just going to have to work with this camera here. My head is way too big on Super Talk TV. I can't live like that right now. I just just can't. We're going to have to figure something out there. It's Thunder and Lightning. Here on Super Talk Mississippi, I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino down there in Studio X, probably laughing at me trying to get this camera straight. That's better. That's much better. That that first angle, my head looked like Mount Rushmore. All of it, all four of them in one spot. Uh, thanks for joining me here on a uh, Wednesday evening. We appreciate that. If you want to get in touch, the number is 601-879-4395. we got plenty to talk about. We are just... Ten days away from the start of the college football season here in Starkville, Mississippi. And if to say that I can't wait would be a massive, massive understatement. And I assume that everybody listening tonight is on that same page, that we are ready for college football. But there's still a few days of camp left to be had before that first game. And I'll be honest with you, you know, some of these position battles that are that are, are happening and 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 you know being settled at this point uh, are surprising. The results have been surprising. I'll start with a couple. I'll start with one. I guess that I'm not overly surprised by, uh, and that's over at the left tackle position, where it appears like Percy Lewis, the junior college All American who signed last season, uh, and then you know uh, didn't play much, played kind of sparingly, but it looks like he may have a handle there on that left tackle job. And that's a great thing for Mississippi State because when you sign a guy whose resume says number one JUCO offensive lineman in the country, you expect them to be good at some point. And and I think with JUCO guys, you get sort of in that thought process that they're like portal guys and you should have an immediate impact. And it's just not the same. The JUCO guys that Mississippi State has signed through the years, you, you know the names, they've all made huge contributions, but... In recent times, it's been a, a situation where they, they've taken a year to kind of adapt to the SEC game, and then once that happens, they take off. And two names that stand out right off the bat are Martinez Rankin and Tyree Phillips, two guys who went from JUCOs to redshirting at Mississippi State and then becoming big-time players and NFL players. And Percy Lewis, you know, it looks like maybe he's going to you know take his first steps on that track. So him beating out Dollar Bill at the left uh, left tackle position is not overly surprising to me. I am surprised at the cornerback position. Obviously, we know that DeCamerian Richardson has one of those really locked in. But the guy who I, th- I, I I did not expect to see his name as much in the uh, in the depth chart as high in the depth chart as I'm seeing is Hunter Washington, and and that might be a name that's completely unfamiliar to you if you're not a diehard message board Mississippi State fan. But would uh would uh. It would be forgivable to not know who that guy is. But he's a guy, another transfer, 
who transferred in last season from Florida State, was a former four-star uh, cornerback coming out of high school, uh, and he got, had been moved to safety uh, in the spring and had been playing there, but now has been getting reps at cornerback and looks like he has a great chance to be the other starting cornerback and beating out a guy like Asias Furge, who's a veteran, who I think has stayed a lot of experience and leadership, but... Washington is a guy who's a high-ceiling guy. I mean, you're, you, when you look at his recruiting profile, that's a guy Florida State thought would go down there and continue their long, long lineage of great NFL cornerbacks. Now he looks to continue that long lineage of Mississippi State cornerbacks that's currently going on and that is probably going to extend because every mock draft you look at has to Cameron Richardson being a third- or fourth-round pick. So Hunter Washington is a name that – I'll just go ahead and come out and tell you that going back into the spring, I never would have imagined he was a guy who was going to make a monster contribution uh, for Mississippi State. But it appears, as we sit here today, you know, 10 days away from the game, that that's going to be the case. Also back there in the secondary, Jordan Morant, another, again, a a name you might be forgiven for not knowing, and that's uh, another transfer, a safety from the University of Michigan, another guy whose recruiting profile would lead you to believe he's a big-time talent, and uh, it looks like he's going to be maybe having a, a, a good shot at one of those starting safety positions. Uh, it looks like Marcus Banks, the Alabama transfer, who did play a, a some last year. You might remember him. He had the final touchdown of the season on that crazy uh, Hail Mary play that Illinois ran in the ReliaQuest Bowl. He's the one who picked up the ball on the fumble and took it in for the touchdown, which killed a lot of betters out there, if you guys remember. State's up, what, 13-7. to, to seven. In a game where they were a six and a half point favorite, and then they score on the final play of the game. That's what we like to call a bad beat. Um, but Morant looks like a guy, Banks looks like a guy who's going to start. Uh, Sean Preston probably to start the year back there, and then I think the true freshman Isaac Smith has a great chance, but Morant's another one. But the name that's the most surprising to me, and we talked about him on Sports Talk Mississippi a little bit. But I would, uh, I have, would have never, ever in my, at any point imagined back in the spring that the true freshman running back Seth Davis was going to be a big time contributor. I looked at State's depth chart and said, okay, so you've got Jaquavius Marks and Simeon Price, and then you got the JUCO player Jeff Pittman, and then when they bring in a transfer from Penn State, Kevon Lee, I'm thinking, okay, well, Seth Davis is clearly the number five guy in this this depth chart. The true freshman, he'll take some time. But he has been good enough in practice that he has climbed up this depth chart, and he provides an explosive element that State feels like it's lacking, which I found interesting because I think Woody Marks can be an explosive player. He can be a big-time player for Mississippi State. He can be a guy who breaks off long runs. But when we've talked to Barbe in the past, that has been, you know, his hallmark is explosive plays. He wants to get the ball into his playmaker's hands and get chunk plays, 30, 40, 50 yards. And they feel like Seth Davis is a guy who can provide those for them. So you've got this true freshman out of Katy, Texas, 5'8, 175 pounds. You know, does Mississippi State have, you know, uh, another, you know, you think about Deuce Vaughn and what he was able to do at Kansas State. Uh, last season, or going back a long way to a guy like Darren Sproles at Kansas State, a guy who has such great speed and explosiveness and athleticism that when he's in the open field, he's a danger. But somehow, even with that small stature, tough enough to run between the tackles and, and get you some tough yards 
when you need him. That's a rare gift if you have that. So this is, a, you know, I say this as a guy who, you know, I believe in recruiting rankings, and I believe that having four- and five-star players is the path to success. And if you want to win a national championship, you better be loaded with those kind of guys. But Mississippi State just has this knack of finding these three-star kids that nobody else wants. I mean, this kid's in Texas playing at one of the biggest schools there and just slips out of the state with nothing from Texas, nothing from Texas A&M, Oklahoma, none of those schools looking at him. And now he's at Mississippi State and looks like as a true freshman he's going to be a big contributor. One of three true freshmen I would be willing to count on this year. The other two I mentioned, one already, Isaac Smith, He's just the most talented freshman in the class, and he's the guy who I think long-term for Mississippi State is going to be a star. Um, I, I just feel like he is just too good of a football player to keep off the field. I, I, I think that if he had been able to play in the spring, you know, he wasn't healthy, he had an injury. I think if he had played in the spring, he might already be in the starting lineup, but he, he he's caught up so quickly. So Isaac Smith is one of those guys, and then the other is a receiver. And a, another, you know, so it's the same situation we're talking about with Seth Davis. The receiver's situation is is pretty good at State. They've got depth there, especially at the slot with Tulu and Xavion Thomas. And you could always move Jaden Wally into the slot. He's played there the past couple of years. But Creed Whitmore out of Gainesville, Florida, is going to play and play a large role for Mississippi State this year. He's just been too good. He's been too good in practice to keep off the field. And I think that's exciting for Mississippi State to see some of these young guys. Because I I thought this was a very good signing class that State brought in last year for in terms of their high school kids. But I was like, a lot of these guys are going to redshirt and they'll, they'll develop and then, then you go from there. And in the portal game, you never know with that, right? You don't ever know if those guys are going to stick around and, and, and be, be what you want them to be for three, four years. And a lot of times you feel like you got to rush to get guys on the field just so they, they stick around for you. So to see a couple guys like I had no expectation of Seth Davis being a big-time player for Mississippi State. None for Creed Whitmore this year. Isaac Smith, I would have told you, yeah, because you lose three starting safeties. You expect there to be a uh, to be a uh, a battle where he, that he could contribute to. But, yeah, for, for Mississippi State to have a freshman running back and a freshman receiver – Looking like they're going to make contributions this year, and for me, that's, that's surprising. So it's been a surprise. Some been some surprises in camp. You know, there have been some non-surprises. Will Rogers has been really good for Mississippi State. Woody Marks has been really good. Tulu Griffin's been really good. But a couple of cha- a couple of, of guys have stepped up and made made it where, you know, that first weekend I'm looking forward to seeing them play because I want to see what they do. I want to see how they look. So. We'll talk some more football when we come back. I've got some players to watch in these. In, 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 I'm going to give you three players, but three games. This player in this game could be a difference maker for Mississippi State. And I'm picking big games, games that are going to matter for Mississippi State season. It's Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! We 
are back here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever missed this show, it is available within minutes of uh, me stopping the talking. And that's uh, at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. The Thunder and Lightning uh, podcast feed. Spotify, Apple, um, Google, you know, I don't know. I don't, there's so many podcast apps out there. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a tweet like, hey, uh, uh, I can't get your podcast on Drumstick. I'm like, I didn't know that that was a thing. So wherever you get podcasts, Thunder and Lightning is there. We appreciate you guys uh, listening. We've always got try to have as much good stuff and good content there for you uh, as we can. And like I said, if you haven't bookmarked supertalk.fm, you need to do that. It's a great website for news, opinion, weather, sports. And, of course, all of our shows are there. All of our podcasts are there. And it don't cost nothing. So in this day and age when everybody's trying to squeeze that last dollar out of you, the good folks here at Super Talk, we're taking care of you. So we appreciate you guys out there. Don't forget, tomorrow, Sports Talk Mississippi, we'll be live at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College down in Perkiston for Meet the Meet the Team. Uh, we're going to be talking to some of the uh, coaches and some of the administrators down there at MGCCC. I keep wanting to say J for some reason. I don't know why. In my brain, every time I'm like, MJC. It's not MJ. It's MG. Mississippi Gulf Coast. Right. I don't know. So looking forward to that. I have I have never been. I've never been to. That's one cool thing about Sports Talk Mississippi is I've been to some of our junior colleges here and community colleges in the state and great people there. Been to Northeast, been to Itawamba, been to Jones. Great people and love going there and love seeing them. So we'll add uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast to the list tomorrow. Three players, three games, three big games for for Mississippi State this season. Let's let's talk about them. Let's start with LSU. Mississippi State should be two and zero coming into that game. I'm sorry, Jason from from Flagstaff. I'm sorry. I'm gonna pick State to win the game against Arizona. Just gonna have to let me have that. So they should be two and zero. I believe LSU will be one and one coming into that game. I think LSU drops that opener uh, to Florida State. I think Florida State down there in Orlando—that's that's a tough place for the, for the Tigers to go. So I've got Florida State winning that first game. Doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things for LSU. They know that all they got to do is continue winning games; and they'll be in the college football playoff. Um, it doesn't probably mean that much for their ranking either. Fifth, if they lose to Florida State, they probably drop to like tenth, maybe eleventh. State at two and zero. Oh, I can't see them cracking into the top 25 at that point. Just they'd have to have a bunch of teams lose. Now, which, you know, right off the top of my head, there's an early game. There, there's, there's Ole Miss Tulane. Tulane. One of those teams is going to lose. Both of those teams are in the top 25. The loser's probably dropping out. So State can maybe sneak in that way if they were impressive against Arizona. Who's the important player in this game? I, I will tell you that I think that it's going to be uh, John Lewis. Now, I think John Lewis is going to be the starter at that Sam linebacker position. I think he's a, a good athlete, a guy who can go toe-to-toe with running backs and receivers. Yeah, he's got speed. He's got athleticism. But his main task is going to be to prevent what beat Mississippi State a year ago, and that's Jaden Daniels being able to run wild on that defense. Go back and watch that game from a season ago if you want. And that's what that's what beat Mississippi State is Jane Daniels being able to escape containment, escape the pocket, and make plays with his feet. And they just could not contain him. They need somebody to do that. And I, I don't know that they're going to go so far as to uh, as to you know, spy 
on on Jaden Daniels or anything like that, but John Lewis is going to have to 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 get him on the ground pretty early in this game. I think that you know that that's you know that's the guy that I, I when I look at what they're going to do, I, I feel State you know can stop the LSU running game okay. I, LSU doesn't have that big time tailback that makes you just you know scared like you know they did in years past when they would have Kevin Falk and Rondell Mealy and then Leonard Fournette and and and, and then those guys. They don't have they they have good running backs, but they don't have that super stud. But Daniel's ability to make plays with the, his feet is really what beat Mississippi State a year ago. They got to be able to stop him. They got to be able to slow him down. John Lewis is the guy who can do that. So if State wants to win against LSU. There you go. The very next week they'd have another huge game, and that's against South Carolina. And in reality, one thing I want—I think we might talk about this a little bit more on the podcast soon. And that's, I don't want Mississippi State fans to be discouraged if State is 2-3 and three at the end of September. There's a very real possibility that could happen, and I'm predicting it to happen. But I have State finishing very strong. I have them finishing 8-4, and four, which means from that point on they would be 6-1. and one. You'd be happy with that. But these are three very tough games. So what does State have to do? What is what is the key for State in this game? I think South Carolina's best offensive weapon is Juice Wells, their wide receiver. Now, obviously, when you're a receiver, it's you kind of go as your quarterback goes. And I'll just tell you right now that if Spencer Rattler that showed up against Tennessee shows up for this game, State will lose. If the other Spencer Rattler shows up, State will win. So let's make an assumption that the good Spencer Rattler shows up. The Cambrian Richardson covering Juice Wells is going to be a key. South Carolina, you know, they, they are they, they're sort of like Mississippi State. They have good but not elite skill players. Wells is is their closest thing to elite, much as Tulu Griffin, I think, is State's closest guy to elite. So you got to be able to slow him down. You know, you got to be able to trust in your other guys to slow their other guys down. But when it's when it's best on best, and that's what you're going to have with Richardson and and Wells. You got to be able to to win that matchup. You got to force Spencer Rattler to look elsewhere. You got to force him to say, "My that guy's not open. I can't get to him." Or if I, I or you, you really hope you can get, I got to take a chance here because Rattler's prone to do that, right? Rattler's a quarterback who takes chances and doesn't always win on those chances. So maybe he puts one up that DeCamerian Richardson can come away with. So DeCamerian Richardson is my player to watch. In the South Carolina game. I'm not going to worry about Alabama. Everybody's important in that one. Everybody's got to do their job in that one. Same with Ole Miss. I'm not I'm not going to put that game into this uh into this uh this this conversation because the egg bowl is the egg bowl, right? Everybody everybody's got to step up and usually somebody that you're not expecting steps up. Who had Randy Charlton as the hero of the egg bowl on their bingo card for last year? Not me. I'm going to point to you know, another road game, and I'm going to point to the Arkansas game. I think State is better than Auburn, and they'll win that game. I think A&M is more talented than State, so I have them losing that game right now. I can be convinced to change my mind. But today, August 23rd, I'm going, I'm going with A&M. Arkansas is the sort of the swing game. I have State winning that game. And I have State winning that game... Because I don't think, I think I, from a season ago I saw it, and I think I'm going to see it again, Arkansas cannot stop Mississippi State defensively. Arkansas's defense is not going to be great. 
So that's where I'm going to point to the receiver position, and I'm going to go to Tulu Griffin. I, I feel like he is a matchup problem for that Arkansas pass defense. I feel like, you know, Kevin Barbet is going to scheme Tulu Griffin open, and then they're, they're going to give Tulu Griffin opportunities to just run past people, which he can do. And so uh, against an Arkansas secondary that was the worst in college football last year, and I, you know, I did an interview a few weeks back with John Neighbors um, from 103.7 The Buzz there in Fayetteville, and he was like, the, they have to be better. I can tell you from experience of years of watching Mississippi State football, they don't have to be better. They'd like for them to be better, but there are sometimes they're just not better. And nothing about that Arkansas secondary, when I look at it, makes me think, yeah, they're going to be better. And they've, they, they've, they've lost so many players to the transfer portal over the past few years. It's just been brutal. So I think Tulu Griffin, and then, of course, in the kickoff game, Arkansas will probably get some points on the board with K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders. So when they're kicking off, State, state, you know, never mind just getting a touchdown, which is always a possibility when Tulu Griffin has the ball in his hands on a kickoff. Just to have some field position, Tulu Griffin gives you the opportunity to be constantly starting drives from the 35-40 yard line instead of starting from the 25-yard line. That 15 yards is huge. I mean, you're only a couple field, first downs away from field goal range every time. So Tulu Griffin is my guy there. If State goes 3-0 and in those games, well, first of all, that's going to be a, that's going to be a problem in the SEC because if they beat LSU, they really are on to something. But if they, if they're 4-0 playing Alabama, if we just sort of lined out there, that's a madhouse in Starkville on September the 30th. Oh, I, that would be one of the, the biggest crowds, the most excited crowds you've ever seen for a game. So we'll see. But if those three guys show up for those three games, I feel a lot better about Mississippi State's chances in each of them. We'll see where it takes us. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about that September thing I was just talking about. Wake me Is it wake me up when September ends? It's going to be a tough September for Mississippi State. Can they get through it? Let's talk about it when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. the best in the business, folks. Rhino working on the fly there. Good work, buddy. Brian, hey, Dad. Rhino down there in Studio X. Thunder and Lightning. Super Talk, Mississippi. September, man. First off, as bad as it is for September for Mississippi State, South Carolina's is worse. South Carolina legitimately could be 1-4 and four at the end of September. Their, their schedule goes North Carolina, Furman, at I'm sorry, yeah, the North Carolina game is a neutral side game. At Georgia, Mississippi State, at Tennessee. They could lose 
every game in there not named Furman. No, for them. I think State will be 2-0 and playing the LSU game. I think that they will be 2-0. and I think they'll beat Southeast Louisiana very easily. People on message boards talking about like, oh, I hope it's not. Buddy, if, if that game's not a 40-point win, we got a lot to talk about on this show and others. So this is going to be a long year if they, if they don't blow them off the face of the planet. And then I think they'll beat Arizona. I think that game, State probably wins between 10, 14 points. 31-17, something like that. Works for me. But then they have three really tough games in a row. They have LSU at home, they have to go to South Carolina, and they have Alabama. As it stands right now, when I'm making my predictions, I have State losing all three of those games. I have State dropping uh, those games. And that's going to be a tough pill to swallow if, if it comes to pass. There's, there's going to be, you know, because you have so much excitement. You're 2-0. LSU comes in, packed house. They get the win. And then you go to South Carolina, and they get the win. And then you know what's coming with Alabama. And you're sitting there at 2-3 and three at the end of the month, and you're like, are, are they not good? Were we wrong to be excited? You know, we bought you know, all these season tickets. They sold season tickets out. and it, 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 I, I don't, You can't let that month mess with you. Having LSU and Alabama in the same month is brutal. Older Mississippi State fans, people my age and older, will remember the the old days of of November being Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss every year. You're happy to go one and three in that selection. If State's three and two at the end of September, they are in fantastic shape. They legitimately might not lose again. They might not be an underdog again at three and two. But if they're two and three, there's still a ton to play for if you're Mississippi State. So what I'm, I'm trying to tell you now, I'm going to try to get ahead of it. I'm going to try to get ahead of the doom and gloom. And, yes, this is Brian Haydad telling you to be positive. Be optimistic. It's going to be okay. I, I, I think. I, I think even at 2-3, and three, that team still has plenty to play for, and they'll still be fine. That's two really, really tough games. Or three, I'm sorry. Uh, tough games for Mississippi State. The most winnable, obviously, is South Carolina, but that's the one that's on the road. They've played LSU a much tougher. They've played LSU much tougher over the last decade, but still LSU. You're three and seven against them in the last ten, and then if you want to go back further than that, you're 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 three and uh, or you're four and twenty eight against them since since nineteen ninety one since Jackie Sherrill took over. Not great. And then Alabama, I mean, you haven't beaten Alabama since 2007, and you haven't scored more than uh, nine points in a game against them since 2017. These are tough games. But you can't, but I, I think that I, I really truly believe that Mississippi State could, could go to and be two and three and then totally turn their season around and finish strong and finish eight and four. You know, I think they, they, they once they get past Alabama, they get to Western Michigan the next week. They win that to get back to five hundred, and then you, you got tough games. You got to you got to go to the, on the road to Arkansas. You got to go on the road to uh, to Auburn, and you got to go to road two weeks after that. You go on the road to Texas A and M. You get those those four road games. You still have the Egg Bowl. You still have Kentucky coming in. Tough games, but winnable games. Games I feel like State is, can win. I feel like the roster 
The rosters are close in talent to all of those teams, maybe not to A&M. State's just had A&M's number over the last, what, eight meetings? I think they're 5-3 and three in the last eight. They won 14, uh, 16, 17, 18, and then 21-22. That's, uh, do the math. That's six. So is that six of the last nine? They would have lost 20, 21, and 15. Yeah. Six of the last nine. Nice. So they've just had that, they've had that team's number. They could easily win that game as well. So I just feel pretty good about Mississippi State's ability to shake off a, a, a slow start. I also feel that Mississippi State with Zach Arnett isn't going to be a team. I, I, he doesn't strike me as the kind of coach who's just going to, you know, lay there and, and, let, and let him have it. I, like, I think that at two and three, he, he, he's smart enough to know that his team could be two and three and still be a good team. But he's also the kind of coach who will use that and motivate his team. So, mark your calendars for October one. If if we get to October one and, and you know Mississippi State has lost that game to Alabama to fall to two and three, it's, all is not lost. There's not you don't have to despair. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Switching gears real quick, uh, I know we're only 10 days away from the start of football season, but Chris Jan spoke with the media today. I didn't get a chance to get out there and talk with him. I uh, hope to have him on this show very soon, certainly before the start of the season. Um, I like what he had to say. He talked about expectations. He talked about, uh, you know, basically he said, I can't poor mouth. It's like we were, we were, we were a tournament team last year. We returned all of our starters. We added some good pieces no one's going to believe it if I say we're not going to be any good. So let's lean into the expectations. I like it. I like confidence. I wish there was more of it. I, you know, I feel like sometimes you have that that Mississippi State mentality surrounding things where people are just like, "Oh, well, I, you know, I hope we're good." Why can't it just be you know you're good? I think I know that. I feel pretty confident this basketball team is going to be very good. I mean, they, they went to the NCAA tournament last year, despite the fact that they could not score. Then they added some scoring. And I, I feel like between the, the additions of Andrew Hubbard, oh, I'm sorry, of Andrew Taylor and Josh Hubbard, they found a couple of guys who can give them some scoring on the perimeter that they were missing last year. And with Tolu Smith and Cam Matthews and DJ Jeffries and those guys and, and Shaq Moore, you, you've got a team. You got guys who can they know how to win. And if State can play the kind of defense that they played a season ago and add 8 to 9 points a game of offense, well now you're cooking. That's the team. I mean, what is that Mississippi State team a season ago if what is this that team a season ago if they were just a little better offensively. They're easily in the Sweet 16. So I like that. I like that confidence. I like that uh, that that Chris Jans is just coming out and just telling you straight from the in the preseason, we're going to be good. This team is going to be good. You should expect them to be good. You should show up at the hump, expecting to win. I feel like that kind of energy translates into the crowd, right? If you show up expecting to win, that's how you build a great atmosphere. 
Never, nobody's ever said there was a great atmosphere from a tepid crowd who was like, uh, I hope we can win today, guys. Let's give it our best effort. No, you walk in the stadium, and you're like, yep, we're winning today. You got no shot. I mean, do you think Alabama football fans show up? I mean, again, I'm not comparing Mississippi State basketball to Alabama football, but they they don't they don't walk into their stadium thinking, eh, we got a good chance today. Things go our way, we could get the win. No, they walk in thinking, I'm going to be disappointed if we we win by less than 50. I don't care who they're playing. That's the attitude fans have got to have, you know, in moderation. And if your team's not any good, you, you can embrace that. You can just walk in and be like, all right. I'm just, I'm just here to hopefully have a good time today. Yeah. If your if your team's not good, don't walk into the stadium thinking, "Oh, we're going to win big." That's just a, that's a recipe for disaster. A pessimist is never disappointed, my friends, and that's a, that's why I've always got a smile on my face. So, Dave from Ripley says this show is gold. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. He also says that Rhino, you need to ask for a raise. Rhino, you, you do need to ask for a raise. Anybody who's got to stay in an extra an hour extra to work with me deserves something. Maybe if nothing else, right now we can get you like a one of the you know like a, a company pin, you know like those cross pins. I don't think that Richard Cross has anything to do with those pins though. Hey, I think that's just a, a, a weird coincidence. All right, when we come back, I don't know. I do know one thing I want to talk about when we come back. It'll be a very personal. A note, so let's go ahead and give you the heads up right now. Are you ready for it? Give me some wrestling talk when we come back. But we'll do that in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning. We're live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Appreciate you guys tuning in on a Wednesday night. I just saw it scroll across. I saw this on supertalk.fm earlier. A Vicksburg man is going to battle Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom over the sale of his $15 million estate. It's not me. I wish. I wish it was. I would probably work out a deal. Like get some Lord of the Rings gear off Orlando Bloom and, uh, yeah, sell it, sell it away. But. Not me. I, if, if any of my Vicksburg friends are listening, I, I don't own a $15 million California state. Wish I did. Put it on. Uh, first off, let's give our condolences to one of the greatest legends in the history of professional wrestling. The great Terry Funk passed away today. Uh, a, a true pioneer in the business of professional wrestling. One of its all-time greatest champions. 
a man that wrestled meaningful matches in five, six decades of his life, gave every uh, ounce of his blood and sweat to the business of professional wrestling. Loved watching him. Uh, I'm, I'm, and a, a guy who just, he loved that business. And so uh, rest in peace to one of the greatest legends uh, of the sport. But this weekend, I could not be more excited uh, for All In. 80,000 people in Wembley Stadium for an outstanding card of professional wrestling. Some great matches uh, have, been, have been lined up there. Um, I'm interested to see uh, what they do with MJF and Adam Cole. I'm very interested in the Osprey versus Chris Jericho match. I think that's going to be outstanding. Uh, the Young Bucks versus FTR. How could that be bad? Um, what they're going to do with the Elite versus the Bullet Club. Love it. Love it. Um, so I'm excited. 80,000 people watching pro wrestling. Now, it's in England, so i got to watch it at noon on a Sunday. I, I've, I don't know that I've ever had to do that. Normally a wrestling pay-per-view start that late. But uh, there you go. I'm excited, though. I'm gonna, I, you know, my, I've gotten my uh, my oldest daughter a, into pro wrestling as well. She just thinks it's just hilarious, the, 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 the outfits and the, the craziness. So she loves to watch it. And she, she is bloodthirsty. She watches a match. She's like, when is somebody going to bleed already? Get a fork in them already. Let's go. Like, let's calm down over that. I didn't realize was in a serial killer. So, so she's uh, she she invited a friend over, and uh, we're gonna order some pizzas. I think, and I, I invited a friend over too. Robbie Falk will join us on on Sunday. So, looking forward to that. On uh, that, uh, Brian, what games are those Jack Crystal quotes from? So, the one at the beginning of the show is from the nineteen ninety six Alabama game. Where State wins in Starkville. Uh, what was the final score of that game? 17-16. And then uh, the last one, the, if they call a celebration, I'll shoot him, is from the 2004 game against Florida where Jarius Norwood breaks the long touchdown late in the game to give State the win. Uh, and he had he had some choice words for the refs. Still not my favorite all-time Jack Crystal quote, which I will. I I I, I should I should have. If I had known we were going to have this discussion, I would have sent the quote, the clip to uh, to Rhino, and he could have played it for us. But State's playing Arkansas, and you may remember they had a great linebacker named Sam Ola Jabutu, and Jack, after about the tenth time, says tackle made by Ola Jabutu. I really wish someone other than Ola Jabutu would make a tackle. And that makes me laugh literally every time that I hear it, among others. My good, my cousin, uh, who runs Six Pack Speak has got a great archive of Jack Crystal quotes. We might just do a whole show of that one day. Just, just during the off week, we're just going to listen to, to 40 minutes or so of, uh, Jack Crystal, uh, quotes. Hey, Dad, you know I love you, man, but only on a state athletics broadcast would one hear a discussion about wrestling. Not true, Jeff. There are plenty of wrestling podcasts out there you could listen to. So good stuff. Jason said he teared up. I was Terry Funks to my older cousins, Jerry Lawler, as a kid, being in North Mississippi. I never understood why until the stuff showed up on YouTube. There you go. Good times. Good times. All right. So, yeah, when we do this show next week, we're going to be talking about a game. We're going to talk about an actual live American college football game that will be played a few days after we go off the air. I literally cannot wait. We have finally made it. We've made it to college football. We've got college football this weekend, guys. I'm going to be watching college football. Vanderbilt, Hawaii, locked in. Locked in, I tell you. 
Notre Dame Navy, my handsome young son, Tyler Horka, is in Dublin for that game, or will be in Dublin. I think he's leaving tomorrow. So a, a great experience for him. He is, is, is he's made me proud. My, me and his beautiful mother, Jennifer Anderson, we couldn't be prouder of our handsome young son, Tyler Horka. All right, guys. Ten days. Stay alive. Stay out of the heat. We got to make it. We're going to make it to, to Saturday at Davis Wade Stadium. Looking forward to seeing you guys there. We're almost there. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.